When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Live from Cheerleader Pub and Grill, this is Tiger Talk with Robin Pinchton. Here's Brad Pranago. And good evening. Welcome to another edition of Tiger Talk from Cheerleader Pub and Grill in Columbia, the corner of Stadium Boulevard and Highway 63. Your Tigers are 9-2 and two after a win against Alabama A&M yesterday, 69-55. to 55. The Tigers will take finals week off back in action a week from tonight as we are live here on Facebook Live anyway. Monday the 20th, 7 o'clock tip-off for the matchup against Southern. And then the Tigers wrap up non-conference play at Illinois coming up on the 22nd, and that is a noon tip-off. Tiger Talk brought to you by Shelter Insurance, recently ranked highest in customer satisfaction among auto insurers in the central region, three out of four years in a row, and number one in price by J.D. Power, Shelter Insurance. We're your shield. We're your shelter. want to remind you, again, we're on Facebook Live right now on the Mizzou Women's Basketball Facebook feed. This episode of Tiger Talk, along with other great content and episodes, are also available on the Inside Mizzou Athletics podcast that's presented by Shelter Insurance. Be sure to subscribe today. You can listen to a replay of this show whenever you want, starting tomorrow morning. With that, we say hello to Coach Robin Pinchon. Coach, how you doing? 
I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Good to see you again. And we got to start with yesterday's game with the remarkable performance from Asia Blackwell, the junior. 20 points, a career-high 20 rebounds for the, again, guard. I keep saying she's a guard because this 20 rebound number is crazy. And a little bit of perspective on that, that's the first 2020 game, meaning 20 points and 20 rebounds for a Mizzou women's basketball player since Keisha Bonds back in January of 1997. And she did that against Missouri-St. Louis. Blackwell just the fifth Tiger ever to have a 2020 game. So a little more perspective. None of your players were alive the last time somebody had a, a 2020 game for a Mizzou women's basketball player. So, so what does it mean whenever you're watching her out there and, and being able to do what she's done in terms of scoring and also on the boards? Well, you know, I'm just, I'm very happy for her and probably, and we might have talked about this last time, but what I'm most proud of as a coach is the growth that I've seen in her as an individual. And um, she's just been um, really dialed in this year. She's been a lot of fun to coach. Um, you know, we went through a lot of adversity and, and to lean in in this day and age, that's something that doesn't happen a lot. Usually you want to go and just take the easier route. And what she did, what Haley Frank did, they leaned in and they said, what do we need to do individually to be better? And um, I've just got so much respect for that. But, you know, watching her perform and, and um, do what she does, you know, it, honestly, it's not surprising. It's really not. I think she's, I'm really happy for her, but I'm not surprised. I continue to challenge her because I think she has such a high ceiling such a high ceiling on both ends of the court and you know I know um, and this seems to be an ongoing kind of concern that I have about our team I feel like so many times our offense um, dictates how engaged we are on the defensive end and we talked about Asia um, we talked with Asia about this early in the in the year she's got the unique ability to really stuff a stat line on so many different levels on so many different levels. And so that's the one thing that can truly be consistent night in and night out. And, um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable uh, because she's playing a little bit out of position, but she's so strong, so explosive. I, I'd be interested in going back, Brad, and you probably already have this information because you're this <laughs> guru on stats and history. But um, I feel like, you know, as good of a rebounder as she was last year, it, it, it was, there was a lot more on the offensive end. You know, she didn't shoot as high a percentage as she is now, and I think there's a lot more opportunities on the offensive end. But, uh, you know, on the defensive end this year, she's just been remarkable in regards to um, the numbers that she's put up uh, for us. Yep. You're putting me to work here, so I'll, I'll try and look up some perspective on that because I did want to ask you about her offensive efficiency. So we'll get to that in a second. The uh, post-dispatch, Benjamin Hockman, actually had a really well-timed piece Sunday morning before the 20-rebound game about Asia Blackwell and about her rebounding. And it was focused on, I'm guessing a lot of that you saw The Last Dance. It was a documentary that came out kind of at the height of the pandemic uh, about the Chicago Bulls and their last run toward an NBA title. And a lot of us, of course, were understandably watching Michael Jordan and we were watching the, the clips of all his stuff behind the scenes and, and Asia Blackwell said she was watching Dennis Rodman and, and she was watching how Dennis Rodman was rebounding and not just about being tenacious on the boards but also about how he studied different angles and, and ways to be in the best position to get the rebounding too and Asia's numbers noticeably from freshman to sophomore year jumped in terms of rebounding and they're up again. But, but have you seen that too? Like, especially maybe more freshman to sophomore year, a lot more emphasis from her about her rebounding? 
Well, I just, I think her, her overall game has changed so much. I think she's playing with better pace. I think she's really dialed into the game plan. I just, she's matured on so many different levels. You know, I, I, the way she carries herself, the way she pours into her teammates. But, um, you know, from a rebounding standpoint, uh, she talked about that a lot. And, and of course, she's not going to watch Jordan, who's you know, my all-time favorite, but she's a diehard LeBron fan. So she's probably not going to give him the, the respect that I wish she would. Um, but, you know, I think Rod really did catch her eye and and you know it just kind of connected the dots for her and what an impact that she could have and again um I, if you guys obviously haven't had a chance to like you know play against her or anything like that but once in a blue moon in practice we'll you know joke around or whatever but she is so strong it looks and, uncomfortable to play against her <laughs> it looks uncomfortable she is so strong and so explosive but you know the thing that's unique about her rebounding and this is really um this is hard to find. She is a phenomenal rebounder out of area. Uh, there's a lot of people that can box and, you know, in positional rebound, but she has a nose for the ball. She understands, you know, which side the ball is going to get shot on, the trajectory of it. And to be able to rebound out of area, I think, is a unique quality and, and talent. And uh, she certainly possesses that and much, much more. Mm -hmm. Throw a few more numbers out there about Asia Blackwell. She's also at 954 career points. So she's got a, a real good shot at, at hitting 1,000 career points before we even get into the 2022 portion of the schedule. It took the all-time leading scorer in Mizzou women's basketball history, Sophie Cunningham, 64 games to get to 1,000. Asia will play her 64th career game coming up, so she's actually not that far behind Sophie's pace. She's also five rebounds away from 600. She's on pace for the career rebounds per game record. She has a shot at the total rebounds record at Mizzou, and she also is on pace to be the fourth Tiger ever with 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds in her career. So I know I threw a lot of numbers out there, but it's all good stuff from Asia Blackwell. You mentioned the efficiency. Last year, she was 47% from the field. This year, she's up to 51%. And, and to me, anyway, I, I feel like I can see it. It's just her decision-making and that, that good shot, great shot stuff that you talk about all the time. I feel like she's made some strides in that respect. I agree with you. I think she's playing um, the majority of the time at a better pace. And, and we talked to her about pace because she's so explosive. And to be able to play off a pivot when she gets uh, in the paint is so important. And she just... Um, demands so much respect you know that there's you cannot guard her one-on-one -on -one. and so what that will allow us to do is transfer the advantage she's gonna she's gonna draw help from another defender and if we can do that and transfer that advantage and um you you saw a couple of the plays like that yesterday but so important for our offense you've got to you know we spread the court pretty well and we've got a lot of three-point shooters but you've got to have people that can create off the bounce and um she's she's certainly one of them i think she's playing with a much better pace this year She's doing a better job uh, at the free throw line. And I would agree with you, Brad. I think her shot selection has gotten so much better. And, you know, there's times that you're going to take shots just because you believe in yourself and you've got confidence, and I get that. But, you know, oftentimes if, if she felt like she rushed one, she'll look over the bench and be like, you know, at least she's, <laughs> she's aware right. of what we need to get done offensively. And so, um, again, she's just grown up in so many ways and uh, really happy for her and really proud of her. Your fellow junior Haley Frank also had a nice game, 17 points and six rebounds in the win against Alabama A&M yesterday. What was clicking for Haley in that one? You know, I just... It, it 
it's so important that we find opportunities, and I still thought we missed her yesterday, and so we'll go back and watch film tomorrow with the girls. Today is a day off, but we'll go back and watch film of opportunities that we had that maybe we could have gotten her some, some more looks. And, you know, it's it, part of it in transition is just really having your eyes up and scanning the court and knowing who you're looking for um, and, and really trying to attack their defender, attract the, attack the paint on, on her side. But, um, you know, I thought she got some good looks. She's going to shoot it at a high percentage. She always does. I felt like in that um, Missouri State game, uh, there were some rush shots, you know, and she's so good with that shot fake. You know they're going to come out at her just with that slide three. And, you know, something that she doesn't use enough is that pull-up jumper. She's got a great mid-range game. She's gotten a lot better with her back to the basket. Uh, really good mid-range game. Um, but just a, a pure shooter. Her shot's beautiful. Absolutely. This is Tiger Talk with Mizzou head coach Robin Pinchton on the Mizzou women's basketball Facebook page and also the Inside Mizzou Athletics podcast feed presented by Shelter Insurance. We could go up and down the roster the whole time, but I did want to talk a little bit about Jayla Kelly. That's another in-state kid from the St. Louis area. Early on, she had some, some health issues, so she wasn't active. Then she was active and, and really hardly playing at all. And, and she's gotten to a point where you, you've been sticking her in there for a, a few minutes every game lately. What have been some of the reasons for the increased playing time? You know, we're just trying to find some added depth at that post position, uh, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate we got Sky and Nisi that, you know, still aren't back yet. Um, and then you've got Day, who uh, continues to just – it's day-to-day -day with her, you know, there's, um, it's unfortunate. It reminds me a lot of Sierra Porter's situation where we just had to manage the, the load um, on her knee. And so, um, you know, and then you got Micah who's been out for a while with her shoulder and Jayla was out. So, I mean, one position, right? uh, one position <laughs> to have so many injuries is just mind-boggling. Um, but uh, we do know, we're well aware that we have got to find um, another option when we get into SEC play. And so the more we can throw throw um, Jayla out there here and there for a few minutes and just get her feet wet and get her comfortable. I've seen some really good things from her in practice. I mean, she's got great hands. Um, she's really got a pretty good feel and uh, actually a, a decent passer. Um, she rebounds well. Um, got to continue to work on, you know, just the finesse finishes at the rim. But uh, she's got a lot of a lot of things that I think we can work with. We just got to continue to develop her, and she's got to continue to get in the gym and, and work at it as well. Sarah Lenthicum played a little bit yesterday, too, the freshman from Jefferson City. It, you know, about the same height as Jayla, but seems to go about it in a, in a different way. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think, you know, just knowing what's in front of us in the SEC and just the size that we're going to go against, that's going to be a little hard for Sarah uh, at that position, at that particular position. And honestly, I would love, love, love to get Sarah more minutes. It, it has nothing to do with her and everything to do with who's playing in front of her right now but you know that's a kid that's got an unbelievable motor um, always seems to be in the right place at the right time I also think she's an out-of-area rebounder um, just very selfless and a tremendous team team player I think when she's on the court our team's better uh, it's just hard to find minutes at that position right now we won't dwell on the game Friday night at Missouri State too much, but I did want to ask you about it. Obviously, it did not go as planned, but did you see improvement from your team from Friday night to Sunday afternoon? Brad, we talked about this. We talked <laughs> about this, didn't we? Just say you can just say yes, and then we'll. Go. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I never shy away from adversity, and and um, you know it's just part of the process. We talked about this before. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, 
That was a hard one. That was a really hard one, and it still doesn't sit real well with me. Um, but we've got to learn from it. Uh, otherwise, it's a complete waste. If we do not learn from it, um, then it's going to be really unfortunate because that one stung pretty good. And, um, you know, Missouri State, give them credit. Uh, they came out and just punched us in the mouth, and, and we took it. Uh, I thought they were the more physical team. Um, you know, I think a lot of things that probably went into that uh, after playing Baylor in such a great game on the road um, and, and you know, I just, I, I feel like we um, didn't have that same sense of urgency that we needed to in practice that week. And, um, and again, I, I love this team. I think this team has a super high ceiling, but we kind of got caught in a space. And again, it's the week before finals. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts. Traveled to Bethlehem, traveled to Baylor, you know, the week before finals. So there's a lot of moving parts, but point blank period, we got to own what we got to own, right? We've got to look in that accountability mirror and say, okay, this is not the same team that we'd had for the last six months. And, and what was the problem? And I think, um, to be honest with you, um, I think you playing Baylor to such a good game, we just felt like, man, we got a chance to do really something special. And we forgot about dominating simple and, and just the, the choose hard and, and the grittiness and the toughness that we've showed up every day in practice and had. And that got away from us a little bit. We talked about it on Wednesday night. We had a team meeting and they came back Thursday and, and had a pretty good practice, but that's pretty light the day before a game. And we missed that opportunity on Tuesday and Wednesday to, to really uh, roll up our sleeves and, and get better. And so... Uh, I know our players were sick, uh, disappointed, frustrated, um, and we all were. Uh, but I think it's so important this time of the year that you've got to learn and you've got to stay resilient. And I've got to make sure that I'm listening to myself and not just preaching those words, but also living that out myself and, and being a great role model for our players. And so long story short, did we get better? <laughs> I don't know that we got better in, in uh, 48 hours. We spent a lot of Saturday watching film, probably um, one of the longer film sessions that we've had. In, in a while, uh, several hours of just breaking down offensive clips, defensive clips, transition clips, um, and and we changed it up a little bit. Usually, you know, we're at, at the front and, and telling them what you know we should have done here or we didn't do here or we did do here, uh, but we really made them take some ownership. And so it took a little bit longer. We went around the room and just one person at a time. Not even if you weren't involved in that play. What are you seeing from your teammate here? Did they, did they, you know, sprint their their lane back in defense? Did you see any kind of communication? And just that pure accountability can be really hard. So again, these are life lessons, right? How do you have that kind of tough conversation with someone? And um, and then the feedback and how you receive it is so important when it's coming from, uh, you know, hearing some things you don't want to hear. So I do think there was growth. Do I think it showed up on the court, X's and O's? To be honest with you, I, I felt like yesterday we were spent. We were emotionally, physically, mentally drained, um, but we knew we had to put our shoulders back and, and we knew we had to take care of business. And so they found a way to, to um, you know, dig deep from within and, and we got the job done. So I was, I was really proud of them for that. One thing I did want to point out about Missouri State's roster, and this is something that's going to pop See, up. See, we got to keep going so, back to so Missouri State. I, it's, it's, oh, so, it's sort of about, it's not really about, it's more of a broader thing, but it's an example of something we're going to see a little bit this year. At one point, I'd, I'd say probably five of Missouri State's six best players, and these five were all on the floor at the same time a lot. Two fourth-year seniors, two fifth-year seniors, and one sixth-year senior. Because, again, you have that COVID, the pandemic year where you can, can stick around, and, and some of them have took advantage of that. That's the way your roster is set up this year 
you don't have any of those, you know, super seniors, if you will, that would normally be out of eligibility but got an extra year. Your team may benefit from that in future years. We'll find out. But but this year, I mean, my goodness, I mean, you're talking about, if I can do the math in my head quickly, that's 24 years of college basketball experience from just five players. And I, I feel like that could be something that gives some programs some advantages in the next couple of years. Well, thank you, Brad. Um, I'm trying but, to help you feel better. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. We're going to own it. And uh, as hard as it is, we're going to own it. That wasn't that wasn't our team. That's not who we showed up to be uh, consistently over the last six months. And so hit a speed bump. Uh, we've got to embrace it and um, have to learn some tough lessons. And uh, like I said, we've got to keep pushing forward. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So, And, and no disrespect for Missouri State. That's a great team. It's a great program. Um, you know, they, they, they have veteran players that have been to the NCAA. So absolutely, I understand what you're saying, but we didn't show up at the level that we needed to. All right, I'm going to turn this ship around toward more positive stuff. But So the nine wins, nine and two already, that matches the win total. Yeah, so it matches the win total from each of the last two years. So just in general so far this season, what has been clicking to where you guys are, are winning at a, at a lot higher rate right now? So you guys like that we went in a positive direction too, right? It had nothing to do with the nine wins. It had everything to do with the positive turn. Thank you. Um, well, we've talked about this, and, and um, it's just a, a heart posture shift. Um, you know, we had to go through adversity. And, again, I am going to give – I just think it's so important that you acknowledge uh, and appreciate the fact that when things were really hard, um, that these players continued to lean in that they continued to own things, that they looked themselves in the mirror and they said, how can I be better? What do we need to do? And, and that takes a lot of courage. That's not the way uh, this world seems to work right now. It's immediate gratification. And if it's not working, let me jump ship. Look at the transfer portal, right? Sure. Um, so I've just got so much respect for that. And, um, you know, they've got a lot of pride in Mizzou. They, they understand. Uh, we really wanted, one of the things that we did this year that I thought was really cool, um, we had everybody do a little report on who whose number they were wearing. Now, we hadn't talked, we, we talked about our alumni a lot, but I wanted there to be a deeper rooted connection with our alumni. And so we took time out of practice for about two weeks, and um, just each day, one of our players uh, had researched who had wore their number in the past, and obviously, sometimes there were several players, but tell us about this person. Tell us where they're from, and so really trying to connect the alumni base to our current team and the history of our program, I think, is really important to understand that um, this is a team that's always, this is a program that's always been able to out-team other teams, and what that looks like and what that means, and, you know, we talked about, um, most most people would think, okay, in the offseason, you got to spend a lot of time on X's and O's because we just did not produce at the level we needed to. And we absolutely needed to do that, and we did. But it was bigger than that. There was a heart posture there. It was going out in June and July every Monday and, um, you know, getting involved with our community, Blind Boone, Coyote Hill, Boys and Girls Club, Special Olympics, and really trying to give back and serve and, and, and be grateful. And then on Tuesday, we debrief and, and talk about what that felt like and looked like. And, as you and I both know, a lot of times um, when you're when you're pouring into the community and you're serving other people, you know, really the people that benefit are you if, if you're doing it. And, and you learn so much in, through that process. And so we didn't put any of that on social media. I, I don't know if we talked about this last time or not. And I just thought it was important that we were doing it for the right reasons. So 
um, accumulation of understanding the history of this program, of kind of changing that heart posture, of being able to really look ourselves in that accountability mirror, about choosing hard um, and, and just really being real and honest with ourselves. What did we miss? What do we need to do to get better? And um, I just think it's accumulation of all those things uh, combined that's allowed us to really, it, it feels different. I think it probably looks different to our fans, just uh, how committed these girls are to each other. And, uh, you know, they want to they want to make you guys proud. They really do. And um, it's a fun, fun team to coach. And, and even going back in that locker room on, on uh, Saturday after a tough loss, it felt good because I knew that we were going to be in the trenches with them. I, I knew they weren't okay with that. I knew it didn't sit well with them. Quiet, quiet bus ride home, and, and we knew we needed to kind of get back to who we were. Speaking of community service, Director of Operations, Heather Buchter is going to join us here in about a minute, Coach, and then we'll uh, get back with you and we'll talk a little bit about how things are going to look down the, the home stretch of non-conference play heading into SEC play. Sound good? That sounds great. All right, Head Coach Robin Pinchton will be back with us in just a few minutes, and we'll hear from Heather Buchter coming up next. This is Tiger Talk on the Mizzou Women's Basketball Facebook page from Learfield. This year, we considered hiring an ad agency to help us with our marketing. They pitched impressive visuals and a script that was inspiring. And exotic animal mascots to help grab your attention. In the end, we just decided to tell it to you straight. J.D. Power ranked Shelter Insurance number one in customer satisfaction among auto insurers in the central region and number one in price. Plus, our agents can help you understand what coverage you need. Visit shelterinsurance.com and switch today. Your moments are changing, but your financial goals, they're the same. That's why River Region Credit Union offers accounts that pay you more, rates that cost less, and relationships that help you get to your next best moment. That's the power of people helping people. It's us. We're your people. We're here for the moments that matter most. River Region Credit Union, here for the moments. Show your swagger with a Tiger checking card from Central Bank, the only place for Tiger checking. Open it today at centralbank.net. Mizzou Athletics would also like to thank our premier partners, MU Healthcare and Shelter Insurance. Coming up now, the Socket Fiber Assistant Coaches interview, and that's brought to you by your friends at Socket Fiber, the fastest, most reliable internet. And we say hello to the Director of Basketball Operations for Mizzou Women's Hoops, Heather Buchter. Heather, how you doing? I'm good. We're We'll try it again. We'll get you. I'm good, Brad. How are you? There we go. All right. Good deal. Uh, so where are the baby Buchters? The baby Buchters are home tonight <laughs> with uh, my husband, Craig. Abi Abigail and Madison. Abigail right? and Madison. Yeah, Madison has a molar coming in. So oh. we, uh, we left her home. She's a little whiny tonight. So <laughs> figured she'd be more of a distraction than anything. What's it been like for you trying to balance this job and motherhood? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, fortunately, I have an amazing boss and... Um, she totally gets it, obviously, has two of her own, so has been through the fire and um, has been able to help me through that transition. And watching her, watching Coach Putnam um, through the years has really helped me to be able to uh, feel like I can still do this job and then also be a mom when I need to be a mom. And 
first and foremost be a mom. So yeah, and you mentioned you know, the the part the important part about being a mom, of course, and you've dialed back the travel. You don't go on every single road trip these days, but has that been a little bit difficult for you because you're you're always someone, and that's what makes you good at what you do. You like to control as many factors as you can control. It has been. It's been stressful. You know, um, it's best for our family. It's great. Sure. Um, it's a lot of my husband not to. Um, I don't know that there's maybe even another Dobo in the country that doesn't travel with their team um, on the level, so I'm obviously really blessed with that. Um, but it's been been great. Paige does a fantastic job, our graduate assistant, um, and really taking the reins. I try to have as much ready for her as I possibly can, and then um, and with her, with her every step of the way, remotely um but it's definitely a lot more stressful than i thought it would be just you know and down in waco when you guys land and the bus is broken down not being there making the phone calls and not being able to kind of be there in person is not fun yeah we'll hear from Paige pender coming up in a future tiger talk but she's done a great job of, of filling in on the times where heather buchter is not with us again she's the director of basketball operations so i've tried to describe your job as basically organizing all the stuff that doesn't actually happen during a basketball game. Is that fair to say? <laughs> That's fair. I, I do not coach, but everything else kind of, I touch a lot of other things. So mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like you mentioned the, the flights and the buses when the flights land and meals and, and that type of stuff. Food is, I think, probably my <laughs> primary job. For me it is. Keep it's, everybody it's, hungry, especially Brad. Brad has a lot of requests. <laughs> um, he, he throws a lot of suggestions, some good, some eh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, community service, help with academics, help with our marketing, things of that nature, equipment. A lot of a lot of different hats. I need to get involved in in your all's recruiting just for the reason that we need to ask these people. Okay, what are your favorite food options? And they need to start lining up with like a little more a little more barbecue, a little more Cajun, so that when we go down to like LSU or Texas A&M or places like that, we can really start to 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 dig into the local cuisine. You know, we'll talk to Kate about that. Right, and, and recruiting coordinator yes, Kate Ferguson. Yes. Got it. And go from there. Okay, we'll we'll keep that in mind. Which part of your job besides putting up with me and my food requests? Which part is the most challenging for you? Uh, the things I can't control. Mm. Snow, um, plane issues, bus issues, um, people that, you know, hotels, making sure everything's ready. You can do as much as you want, plan as much as you want, get all the right answers, and you show up and something's not ready. Mm -hmm. what, what part's most rewarding? Um, watching the young ladies grow up, you know, and going back, like watching, you know, Kayla McDowell-Michael, Morgan I. Scott, you know, in the stands last night, Sierra McKayla's there regularly, Lindsay, um, seeing what they're doing, hearing about their careers, watching Jordan Frerichs get married a couple weeks ago or months ago, I guess, at this point, um, and just the ladies that they've become and moms that they're becoming and wives, and um, that's definitely why I do it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Kayla, Kayla, it's Kayla Michael now. I keep wanting to say Kayla McDowell, but she's got two uh, cute little kiddos too. She's make, she's rivaling the Buchter clan there. But it's it's so like you said, it's so cool to see them. It's like oh, they were like 18 and, and play, scoring 18 points at SLU, and now they're like moms and stuff. It's crazy. It makes you feel old, right? It, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, that I've got my own kids to help with that also. <laughs> right. So trying to coordinate travel, you mentioned all the challenges that come along with that during normal times. But during a pandemic, I mean, this year, some of those challenges have certainly continued, but especially last year. I mean, so not only are you trying to just get around during the pandemic, which had its own challenges, but the schedule would often change at the last minute. It's like, oh, surprise, you're going to this place now, or surprise, these people are coming our way now. And you're trying to follow, you know, as many social distancing guidelines and all that stuff as possible. So what was that like? And I guess, what is that still like to an extent? 
Yeah, I got to give a lot of credit to our trainer, Allison Mosel. She's um, been the point person with that, and it's not a job that I would want. Um, it's hard. There's a lot of things that you don't understand and don't make a ton of sense, um, but she's navigated those waters the best she can. And um, bus charts, seating charts, you know, who sits where, so contact tracing and um, keeping people in rooms, sit, you know, talking with her through, through some of those situations with roommates and um, she did a really fantastic job continuing to kind of do, do some of that. Obviously, um, the vaccination stuff helps a lot, but um, still those challenges. The last-minute changes, you kind of roll with them a little bit. It's kind of like a prep fraternity time, you know? So you get the, you know, oh, you're going to go back to Auburn type situation in 48 hours, and <laughs> you got to, you know, there's there's people there to help help me do my job. You know, we've got a plane company. We've got a bus company that, you know, we work through, and, um, obviously there's gonna be challenges with hotels and making sure we can get the right number of rooms and all of that, but, um, it's all kind of in place and you've got your contacts and work through it the best you can. Director of Basketball Operations, Heather Buchter, joining us here on Tiger Talk on the Mizzou Women's Basketball Team's Facebook page live. 17 years now, is that right, under Robin Pinchton? 18. 18 now. Oh, yeah, that's a little outdated info. 18 <laughs> years now under Robin Pinchton. You started as a, a student manager for her at Illinois State. How would you say her leadership style has evolved over those years? That's a great question. Um, With her sitting like five <laughs> feet away. And maybe this wasn't the best time to ask. No, but, um, she's one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And I mean, I say that with the utmost, I just cannot be more honest. She's um, been a huge role model for me, for the people under me, for our players. Um, how has it changed? You know, it sounds like she's gotten softer. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, <laughs> but, no, I just think being a mom has, um, you know, helped mold her and shape her and has changed the way she does things. And um, she adapts so well to the different um, student, you know, the student athletes and just the years that she's done this and put into it. And she doesn't just, this is how I've always done it and this is what we're going to continue to do. You know, she adapts and she changes and, um, it's not easy and just watching her make those changes and those decisions um, always putting the student athlete first always putting her co-workers first I mean um, she's just somebody that I look up to I respect so much I think she reluctantly was a bridesmaid at my wedding but she was there um, I don't think she was super super excited about it wearing one of those bridesmaid dresses but she did it um, and I just I'm so blessed to work with her and so thankful for her Catlin, am I saying it right? Catlin, Illinois? It is, yeah. Hometown of Heather Buchter, a town of about 2,000 people just outside Danville. It's a little east of Champaign. What was it like growing up there? Yeah, a really small town. Wouldn't change it for the world. Um, kind of like a farm community. Um, loved my experience there. Couldn't wait to get out there and see the big world. And so I you know, obviously went to Bloomington Normal because it was massive. <laughs> big city, right. Um, I have a similar similar tale. Yeah, yeah right? I'm with you. So yeah. 2,000 oh, people in my town. There were more people in my dorm than in my the town I grew up in. Um, so I got homesick real quick and emailed, emailed Coach P. And 18 years later, here I am. But, no, I'm thankful for my experience, um, you know, I think I'll probably have a pretty good little contingency in Illinois, just, you know, that they follow me everywhere, you know, to be there. They want to be there and support the team. And um, I think they'll wear black and gold at noon. I'm not I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what they'll be wearing at 7 o'clock, but um, they'll definitely be in black and gold at noon on, on the 22nd. Do you so. ever think you, you think, were you surprised that you ended up in the in the big city, Columbia, Columbia, Missouri, coming from a town of 2,000 up to like what 100 some odd thousand? You know, people? it's very similar to Bloomington Normal. Like okay. I would, not, I don't ever see myself in St. Louis or Chicago or Kansas City even, but um, 
Columbia's comfortable for me. I agree. Good stuff. You yeah. should stick around, please. I plan to. I, we've got a lot more restaurants to try. I agree. Sounds yeah. good. Heather Buchter, Director of Basketball Operations, Thanks, joining man. us here on Tiger Talk. Always appreciate her stopping by. Coach Pinchton rejoins us next on Tiger Talk from Learfield. Looking for a place to catch the Tigers this year? Look no further than Cheerleader Pub and Grill. With over 20 TVs and two 100-inch big screen projectors, Cheerleader Pub and Grill has you covered friends don't miss a minute enjoy game day with 40 beers on tap and choose from tons of options on their full gourmet food menu located at the corner of stadium boulevard and highway 63 cheerleader is the place where sports fun and good food unite cheerleader pub and grill hey everybody i'm dr jim stannard the medical director for the missouri orthopedic institute i'm here to introduce you to our 2021-2022 starting lineup dr jim keeney hip and knee dr ted choma spine dr dan hornschmeyer Children's Orthopedics. Dr. Brett Christ, Orthopedic Trauma. Dr. Jay Bridgman, Hand to Shoulder. For with sports medicine, foot and ankle, chiropractic care, orthopedic oncology, general orthopedics, and the rest of our staff. Your team at the Missouri Orthopedic Institute. more minutes with Mizzou women's basketball head coach Robin Pinchton here on Tiger Talk on the Mizzou women's basketball Facebook page. This is the segment that's brought to you by our friends at Club Car Wash, the official car wash of the Tigers. Club Car Wash, formerly Tiger Express Wash with limited, unlimited, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to put restrictions on you people. Unlimited membership starting at $20 a month. Visit clubcarwash.com anytime you want. No limits and go find a location near you. You should also, when you're not getting your car wash, secure your spot in Mizzou Arena for the 2021-22 men's and women's basketball seasons. Visit mutigers.com for ticket info and to reserve the best seats remaining for Mizzou basketball. Got a good special going on. So I mentioned the next game is on the 20th against Southern. That's a 7 p.m. tip here in Columbia, then at Illinois on the 22nd at noon. SEC play starts with a, a fairly big game against the current unanimous number one team in the nation, the South Carolina Gamecocks, on December 30th. If you don't have your tickets yet, you can get a four-pack of tickets for just 20 bucks. Four-pack of tickets, just 20 bucks. Go to MUTigers.com. Let's pack that place and greet the Gamecocks in the good Columbia, again, coming up on December 30th. We are what okay. a great Christmas present to get. I agree. 20 that's bucks. Where, that's where you guys can help us out. Yeah. Go ahead and buy a couple of those and give out to your closest friends. That would be amazing. Exactly. And I, I don't know about you guys. We've got a, a white elephant party coming up at the office. And we actually, the cap is like, uh, it's a $20 cap. There you go. Get four tickets. Pass it around to someone, and you'll have a hardcore women's basketball fan or maybe someone who's not a fan of the opponent who wants to go out there and, and make their opinion known. Either way, it all pays the same. Certainly come out there and, and support women's hoops. Can't, hard to believe SEC play is, gosh, less than three weeks away now. It's mind-boggling. I just I can't believe how fast this season's going. And um, it's just been, uh, it's been a lot of fun with these girls. we got a lot of games left, what, about a third of the way through the season. Um, and, and obviously two big ones to finish up non-conference with. And, and then I'm excited for our girls to be able to spend some time with their family. It's a short Christmas break, but uh, family is really important to them. And so uh, I think all of them, except for Sarah Rose, is going to be able to get home. Um, oh, so, even Mama, who's, who's yeah, from Spain. So very yeah, nice. Good so I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited about it or not excited. But 
it's the right thing to do and it's a great opportunity for her and so um, we've got to put first things first and so I, th I think that'll be great for her and then Sarah's going to spend some time with her, her friends and her family I think is going to try and come down uh, maybe sometime uh, second semester so that'll be good as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mentioned South Carolina they are still number one in the latest poll that came out had a tight ball game against Maryland at the same time that Mizzou was beating Alabama A&M but the Gamecocks pulled that game out at home so they're number one NC State's number two defending national champ Stanford is third Arizona's up to fourth Baylor holding steady at number five Tennessee and UConn are actually tied at number seven right now Georgia's 17th Kentucky's 19th LSU 22nd Texas A&M 23rd the net rankings are getting updated pretty much every day now those are the rankings that kind of align with the metrics that the tournament committee uses and right now Mizzou is sitting at number 47 which is usually a number when you, you, know, you got the automatic qualifiers so 47 kind of puts you in that range of being on the bubble for the NCAA tournament as we speak right now uh, the next couple of opponents are in the 200s or so in those rankings Southern and Illinois the two teams that have beaten Mizzou so far Baylor's 14th Missouri State's 19th in the net so it's a long way of saying that when you look at the net rankings you don't have that that signature win quite yet but you also don't have a bad loss by any means in my opinion it's a lot of statistics right there yes yeah, right. it's, it's too many numbers i know I'm yeah no i that. love it <laughs> I, I'm, I always learn something new from you brad i love it um no and, and there's a lot of opportunities out there right i, I don't think we've got a bad loss um well you know, I mean, that's <laughs> they feel bad. that's debatable. <laughs> um, but analytically speaking, there you go. There. We don't have a bad loss, but uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. I mean, we say it every year. The SEC is so good. And um, I, I, again, I feel like it's as good as it's ever been. I mean, from top to bottom, we've got some new coaches in the league, um, you know, with this COVID year and so many of those kids coming back. It's it's going to be a, a dog fight night in and night out. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities for us. I think Kayla Pointer from LSU is 45 years old. I feel like she's been here longer than, than we've been calling these games but anyway so you mentioned well she doesn't move like she's 45 I'll tell you that <laughs> I did catch a couple of her games she yeah. looks pretty good yeah it's a problem so you mentioned this is a just a, a goofy time it's it's a, always it comes up every year but still it's a challenging time in terms of your schedule and trying to balance what you want to do as a basketball team with finals and so this is finals week but it's been trending and this was even happening back when I was at Mizzou that a lot of teachers are giving out those finals or the final thing is due the week before finals so it's almost like you've sort of had two weeks of finals that you're in that window right now and then you mentioned that travel is kind of on the horizon in a few days so how do you try to to balance all that and, and still be able to perform at a high level for games that are coming up on the 20th and the 22nd you know, it really is like two weeks of finals, right. um, and, and not for everyone. It's just how it's um, broken down. Like there's a handful of kids that the week before finals was challenging, and then a handful of players that, um, you know, the schedules are a lot tougher which is hard, uh, over which finals is, Which has got to be hard for you because I'm, I'm guessing if, if they were all condensed and, okay, this three-day stretch for everybody is bad. All right, we'll take it easy. But you can't take it easy for like two weeks in the middle of the season, then go on Christmas break, right? You sure can't. <laughs> that is not the game That's plan, Brad. That is yeah. Not the game plan. <laughs> um, and so, you know, one of the things that I've realized um, 
I want to get away from taking two days off in a row. That just has not been good for us this year. And, um, you know, just talking to our strength and conditioning coaches, um, yeah, Rourke and Dawn, and, and I just think it's it's really important that we get them back on the court. And even if we um, – you know, I don't think it's got to be for a long time. We can be really efficient with our time, but we need to get those bodies moving. And, um, you know, just to maintain timing and things like that. So uh, this week uh, will look a little different. It gives me an opportunity to get out recruiting a little bit, which is always exciting, and, and I need to get out and about. But um, we'll have – today was off, and then we'll get after it on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday will be off, and then we'll practice from there on out. We will also have some individual workouts that are about 30 to 35 minutes where we just get some position work in and, and get some more shots up. But uh, practice time will be condensed for sure, uh, but you better believe the intensity will be there and we'll be very efficient with our time. You mentioned recruiting, and you were actually doing a, a little bit of that kind of around the Missouri State game. We can't mention the specific players, but somebody broadly in that area. But how tricky is recruiting in general for you? We touched already about how, you know, like Missouri State, for example, has all these fifth-year and sixth-year seniors, and there's a possibility that that could be you in a year or two because everybody who was playing a couple years back has the option to take a fifth year. So knowing that you don't know how many players are going to be on your roster in a year and in two years. How challenging is that whenever you're talking to high school kids and you're like, well, you know, I like you, but I don't know if I'm going to have a scholarship open or not as we speak right now. It's so challenging. Um, makes it really, really hard. You know, and there's there's a young lady that we're recruiting that we're um, throwing everything we can at her on why she needs to come to Mizzou, and I can't even offer her a scholarship yet And um, for her specific class. Um, and, and, you know, all I can say is there might be one, there might not, and she's got many other Division One offers out there. Uh, but the great thing is is that she really loves Mizzou. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we've got a pretty good shot at her. And, I mean, that would be unbelievable if we could we could get that to happen. But it is crazy. This COVID year is, has made it very challenging in regards to recruiting classes. Um, I mean, how crazy to think that Asia Blackwell and Haley Frank might just be sophomores right now. I mean, that seems – that, see, that, that's the part that's good. The, yeah. you know, when, you're, when you're playing a bunch of 60 years, it's not fun. But if Mizzou has a couple coming up, it'd be a little better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. There's a lot of moving parts to it. And um, the thing with recruiting, though, and, and the transfer portal has just changed everything. It really has. Um, you know, it's it's um, you you gotta you gotta stay ready so you don't have to get ready, and so you better be on that phone. Um, and and it's almost 24/7, 365. Not quite, but you better be um, staying on top of your game um, and just being prepared because you never know what that might look like. Well, I was gonna ask you about that too. So ideally, again, you potentially have a roster crunch at any time because you don't know which players are gonna be you know coming back and taking the extra year. But ideally, would you also be like, eh, let, let's keep this one scholarship in our pocket just in case someone we like that maybe we were second place on out of high school decides to transfer. We want to be able to have a scholarship available. Do you also have to try and keep that in mind now that people don't have to, to wait a year to transfer? I'll just say this. There's a lot of conversations that we have as a, <laughs> as a uh, staff, um, just talking about scenarios, personnel, um, you know, and, and again, just trying to stay on top of everything and uh, make sure we're putting ourselves in a position um, that we feel really good about. Uh, and, and I feel so blessed with the girls that we have on this team and the kids that have already committed early. Um, obviously, we can talk about Avery, uh, what what a great addition she's going to be. But a couple of the young ones that I can't talk about because of 
compliance that have already verbally committed to Mizzou. Uh, we think they're game changers. We think they're pretty elite level kids. And, um, you know, we're in a great place. We really are. And uh, But right now, uh, this time of the year, uh, definitely getting out, seeing some young kids play. Uh, we don't have a lot of scholarships open, but we are absolutely going to stay ready just in case. Absolutely. So this will be the No Tiger Talk next week, obviously, because Mizzou will be in action on the 20th, matching up against Southern. So this is the last Tiger Talk before Christmas. So what's the, in the Pinchton household, what is the favorite, is there like a single Christmas tradition or something that you guys do that you do pretty much every year? Oh, man. Um Go to a high school gym I, I, and watch I would a, love to say, I'd love to come up with this great storyline right now. Um, you know, but I can't. <laughs> um, but I will say this. I can't tell you guys how much I just treasure and value that time with family. It's just, you know, my husband, Rich, um, you know, carries a big load. And, and I travel so much and late nights and back at the office and whatnot. And, you know, my kids, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them as much as I'd like to. And so we really, really just that family time together, um, playing board games and, um, you know, watching Rich cook and, Rich and I wrapping presents late at night and all that good stuff. It's just, it's a special time to be with the family. Every time you go on a recruiting visit, do you come back and have Blake and Zach grown another inch? It's unbelievable how, you know, it, it's funny because obviously, you know, with Blake, it, it makes sense that, what is he, like 6'4 now? Yeah, yeah, and he's, he is. And he, what, he's like 15 years old or so? Yeah, he's 15. Yeah, he's 6'4", yeah. six, six 15-year-old. And you're like, holy cow. And it's like, oh, yeah, his first cousins are Michael Porter and Jonte Porter and Sierra Porter. So it still makes sense. But it's still, of course, we remember, even I remember when he was a, a little guy. And, you know, Zach's not a little guy anymore either. Well, but. and it's, it's crazy. My mom, and, and she passed away uh, several years ago now, but she was only 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> and that was pushing it. She was more like 5'4". And so then you look at my sister, Lisa, and, you know, just the height in that family. But, um, you know, it's crazy. COVID did something crazy because Blake <laughs> just shot up in, over the COVID year. He had nothing else to do. He oh, just went it was an, and incredible. Stuff. And every day he just kept, Mom, I'm catching you. I'm catching you. And you know, I just keep looking up to him. And now he just loves that he can just rest his arm on my shoulder. It's like. Time goes so fast, doesn't it? Especially when you have kids, it just flies by. And those Putnam boys, Jenny Putnam, lead assistant, her kids, or at least one of them is taller than her. I don't know if the second one is already now. Uh, I mean, it might be pretty close. Jack's pretty dang tall, and, and uh, Ty's got to be right there too. So it's pretty wild. All right. Well, we will give you, at least from Tiger Talk purposes, we'll give you a little bit of time to get the family time in. Best of luck in the games on the uh, the 20th and the 22nd and certainly on the 30th. And we, we look forward to all the, the good stuff happening on the court, getting the family time and that important stuff in off the court. Congrats on the start so far, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Brett. I really appreciate it. And I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I hope you have safe travels over the holidays. And just please know how much we appreciate every single one of you. It's just our fan base is special. It really is. And the way that you continue to show up uh, through the good days and the hard days, it's just it means a lot to us. Uh, we want to make you proud. We're going to continue to work really, really hard to uh, make it be a special year. That is Robin Penston, head coach of the 9-2 Mizzou women's basketball team, back in action on the 20th at home against Southern at 7 o'clock at 
Illinois at noon on Wednesday the 22nd, and then back home to start SEC play against South Carolina on the 30th that night. And again, four-pack of tickets, 20 bucks for that game against South Carolina. Go to mutigers.com and, and buy some for your friends. Great Christmas gift, as uh, Coach P suggested. Thank you so much for uh, checking this out on Facebook Live on the Mizzou Women's Basketball Facebook feed and or the Inside Mizzou Athletics podcast feed, courtesy of Shelter Insurance. For Steve Sowers and Matt Weingartner behind the scenes, I'm Brad Trinago. This has been Tiger Talk from Learfield. On the Central Bank Tiger Network from Learfield, this has been Tiger Talk with Robin Pinchton. Watch the show live and post your questions in the comments. Monday nights on the Mizzou Women's Basketball Facebook page. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.